just like to thank the settlement of the house, Apostle. <laughs> this man is an apostle. He may not say so. He's called to the nations to do a great work. That's apostolic. Hallelujah. So let's support them in every way we can. Just like the Antioch church supported Paul. I'd like to thank him and his wonderful wives, wonderful people. They have a heart for the body of Christ, like you mentioned this morning. And I believe we have kindred spirits. Hallelujah. You have, not, you have seen him in the flesh, if you see him in the spirit. <laughs> great, great, great things are lie ahead. Great things, many more open doors. Let's give the Lord a big hand for that. Amen. We can take our seats. Saprosetra Krasotea Mandes Labros. I have so much, says the Lord, so much beyond your wildest imagination. So much beyond what you have thought, what you can even think. But I'll reveal them by my word and my spirit. So it's time to let go of the things that hinder and hold us back and forget the things of the past. And begin to pursue the things of the kingdom. For I will reveal things to you that will cause the ears of men to tingle. I will reveal things to you that will cause you to know that you are not an ordinary person anymore. I have called you into the extraordinary. Because I have put my extraordinary abilities and my spirit and my grace on your inside. (laughs) So it's not time to be depressed. It's not time to be discouraged. It's not time to look back. It's time, it's time, it is time for the church to arise and shine. To arise, to get up from depression. To get up and arise out of the chains that have held you down. To get up and arise out of the lies that have kept you where you are not meant to be. Kept you in the valley because I've set you on high, far above, far above. And it's time to arise and shine. For thy light has come. And the glory. Magrositra, brados, the glory, the glory. <laughs> glory untold. Glory unseen. Glory unheard. Glory unknown. But by my spirit I'll begin to reveal the glory of God. That the nations have never seen before. Says the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks. I'm excited. I've been praying. My wife and I have been praying for these meetings for quite some time since we are told. And uh, I've seen chains leaving people. Just some of you chains. Things that have held you for so long will fall off before this week is over. I heard also awakenings. Another thing I heard, long-standing illnesses. You've had a sickness for years you've prayed you've done everything you know but god says that during this week some of you tonight 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 (laughs) you will awaken into your healing every disease will leave every sickness will leave by reason of his power and his glory hallelujah so it's going to be great another thing we heard was a turning point And people being set into their destinies. 
Some of you are going to be released into your destinies. They are going to get a glimpse and ideas and God will drop thoughts and impressions and visions and dreams concerning where you are meant to be, where you are going. Hallelujah. But best of all, awakening to your true identity, your authority, power, and the life of God that is on your inside. So from today, you'll stand tall like a giant, unshaken by circumstances. Life will no more dictate to you. You will begin to dictate to life. You will dictate to mountains. You will dictate to circumstances. You will speak to storms and they will cease. You will speak to money and it will come. You will speak to sickness and it will go. You will speak to situations around you. And just like God, there was darkness. But God was not seeing darkness. And God said, light be. And you will stand and say, light be. And light will emanate. And all the darkness will fly away, says the Spirit of the Lord. For it's time to arise, to arise, to arise and take your place upon this earth as sons and daughters of God, who you really are. And there's a glory you will manifest that the world has never, earth has never seen, angels have never seen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Please, I need my Bible. It's going to be great tonight. Actually, it's already great tonight. It's already great tonight. Several years ago, I had a vision. And in this vision, I saw people walking with their heads down, depressed, gloomy, sad. And they were walking. And they were walking towards the east. Hallelujah. Then I saw a wind. And I saw millions of people on the earth walking towards the east. And I saw a wind blowing from the east to the west. And some of them began to look up and turn round. And when they turned round, they began to ascend. All those that turned round began to ascend. And they, they, they elevated and ascended into the wind. And the wind began to blow in them and through them. And they come one with that wind. Hallelujah. And they are, this, they are, light began to emanate from them. And they began to go back to the earth and they were ministering and unprecedented miracles began to break out through those ones that turned around. Healings, miracles, breakthrough, favor. They began to do things that men have not seen or heard. And the Lord told me the meaning of the dream as I was praying. I said, Lord, what does this mean? He said, those men moving towards the east were pursuing their own agenda, living their own life. And they were Christians living their own life. But when they began to make a decision to begin to pursue God's kingdom and God's plans and purposes, then they began to ascend. And the wind of revival, the wind of the Holy Ghost, the wind of the glory of God began to flow in and through them. And they began to walk in power and in miracles and signs and wonders. And God says, it's time for my church to arise, to ascend. Hallelujah. Wow. We're in, in for great times. It's time to follow after God as never before. To walk in the world as never to, before. To walk with the spirit as never before. And my topic tonight is the mysteries of the gospel. The mysteries of the gospel. Mysteries means hidden secrets. God hides secrets 
for the end time. Paul talks about the mystery hidden from the foundation of the world. And this mystery was not only hidden hidden from men, it was also hidden from angels. Hallelujah. And that's what the gospel is all about. And the Lord for a while has been telling me that the gospel has not been properly taught. Paul said, if any man preach another gospel, let him be accursed. But unfortunately, the gospel has not been properly understood. It's meant to be one of the most simple things. But if you ask the average Christian, or we have been guilty of this. I've been so guilty. When you are preaching to people to get saved, what's the message we preach? Is that the same message that Paul and Peter preached? Are you hearing me? And I discovered that I never heard Peter mention heaven or hell in his sermon. Read Acts chapter 2. Read Acts chapter 3. Read Acts chapter 10. He didn't mention heaven and hell. Jesus did preach about heaven and hell. And there is hell. And there is heaven. But somehow for thousands of years, the gospel changed and we began to focus on heaven and hell. And I'll give altar calls. There is hell to shun and heaven to gain. Come and give your life to Christ so you'll make heaven. Am I right? But I saw in the Bible, that is not what Paul and Peter were preaching. And I don't have time because of what I want to teach today to open Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 10. They focused on the resurrection and the focus was on the remission of sins. And that word remission of sins has lost the original meaning. If you were here last year, and I'm not going to go into the same message again because of time, I touched on the word aphesis, that forgiveness was mistranslated. Sorry, aphesis was mistranslated as forgiveness. But it actually means from the root words, from the meaning, from the usage in the Bible and in in non-biblical people at that time, it was called freedom. Freedom from sin. Not forgiveness of sins. And It makes Christians weak. Are you hearing me? Because somebody can have a child, and this child is on drugs, and he comes to us and says, I'm so sorry, Daddy, and Daddy says, I forgive you. It can happen for one year, two years. The lady talked of 26 years, her daughter was on drugs. She even steal her trinkets and jewelry, but says she's sorry, and she always forgave her daughter, but the daughter was still bound. That child doesn't need forgiveness, it needs freedom. Are you hearing me? You see, because we have the picture of an angry God, he wants to kill you, he wants to, he's out for you. But that's the Old Testament. It gave a picture of judgment because God wanted them to know they need a savior. But Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to condemn the world. And God sent him not to condemn the world, which means God wasn't interested in condemning the world. He doesn't have pleasure. The Bible says he doesn't have pleasure in the death of a sinner. Are you hearing me? But we preach as if God is he's, he's ready to kill and turn or burn. Hallelujah. That's not the gospel. It's a love message. It's good news. It's freedom. It's not when we get to heaven. We've been preaching the gospel of when we get to heaven. So people are born again with a foundation of I'm living hell and when I die I'll get to heaven. Hallelujah. So, aphesis means freedom. The gospel is a a message of freedom, deliverance. The word salvation, 
is when the, the average Christian thinks of salvation, they think, okay, he came to save my soul. He came to save me from hell so I can make heaven. But salvation simply means to be rescued. If people are being kidnapped, and there's a kidnapper, and there is in the realm of the spirit a kidnapper. Hallelujah. And you come and say, the good news is that when you die, you are going to be free from the kidnapper. Just accept my message so that when you die, you'll be free. That's what we are preaching. So people don't have a sense of freedom. And they struggle with addiction, struggle with fear, poverty, because there's no sense. Because faith comes by hearing. So when you preach heaven and hell, then they are thinking of when I die. You know, in USA, they had what they call the proclamation, emancipation proclamation by, uh, by Abraham Lincoln about three to four centuries ago. And he made a decree that all slaves should be free. But some people were still slaves in, in Texas two years later because their slave owners didn't tell them. The president had declared them free, but because they didn't know it, they were living as slaves. So the president sent people on horseback to go around to spread the good news that you're not meant to be a slave, you're free. And when they heard it, they began to rejoice. But as long as they did not know it, they were still bound. Now, we are preaching the gospel the divine proclamation, Jesus died, took away our sins and set us free. And we are telling people that, and you meet the slave and tell him that, you see, the good news is that when you die, you are no more a slave, but you are still going to be a slave. It's when you die, you shall really, really be free. Nobody is perfect. Nobody can be free. You have been forgiven, and when you die, you are free. Are you hearing me? That's what people are hearing. So people get saved, there's no sense of mastery. They don't know what the gospel is all about. The gospel is a loaded message. The gospel is the unveiling of Christ. The gospel is freedom. The gospel is also jubilee. Because the word aphesis, which is translated forgiveness and remission in the New Testament, in the, what we call the Greek Septuagint, which was written 200 years before Christ, and when Christ or Luke wrote Isaiah 61, or when Christ read Isaiah 61, he was not reading the Hebrew Bible. Jesus was reading the Greek Septuagint. Paul quotes, many of Paul's quotes are not even from the Hebrew Bible. Paul's quotes in Hebrews 11, Hebrews 10 are from the Greek Septuagint. Are you hearing me? And if Paul was quoting from the Greek, Jesus was quoting from the Greek, Luke was quoting from the Greek Old Testament, it means that God endorses it as inspired. Do your study. Hallelujah. Don't mind. So in the Septuagint, Leviticus 25, the word jubilee was, was translated as aphesis, which we translate as forgiveness and redemption. Hallelujah. It was translated as aphesis. So Forgiveness of sins is not just really forgiveness of sins. It is freedom from sins. Paul used the word aphesis for divorce. It was a common word used for divorce. A woman is no more under the obligation of her husband. She's free from that marriage when she's divorced. So Christ came to divorce you from sin and all the effects, consequences, and power of sin. So when you are free from sin, because sin is the root. 
Sin is the root to sickness, poverty. Every curse came. If Adam did not sin, that root sin, there will be no influence or power of the devil spiritually, emotionally, physically, materially. So when Jesus came, he didn't come to deal with the fruits or the works. The fruit of sin, I lie. I can't stop this bad habit. I fornicate. I steal. I cheat. Those are the fruits. The actions are the fruits. The nature of sin that makes man a sinner is the root. So Jesus did not come to save us from hell. He came to save us from what leads us to hell. So that's why the gospel message, they didn't emphasize heaven and hell. Because they are dealing with the root. So we need a revelation and to study and get a revelation of the root. So that we are on solid ground. And the fruit will take care of itself. Jesus Christ said, make the tree good. And its fruit will be good. Or make the tree bad. And its fruit shall be bad. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ said, he, 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 let me use apples and origins. He talked about thistles. But let me use, a fig tree can bear thorns. Are you hearing me? So who planted an orange tree and you got apples? Please, I didn't do at least one person who did that. Is that possible? Is that possible? So if you change the root, you change the tree, the fruit will change. But what religion does and all religions do is to deal with what? The fruit. They keep on cutting the branches. Character modification. Try harder. And when you're born again and the root has been changed but you don't know it because we don't live from our identity. We live from our personality, our minds. So in your spirit you are a tree of righteousness. Isaiah 61, he ended that he, shall, he will make us trees of righteousness. Are you hearing me? And Jesus in Luke 4, 18, Jesus, the words deliverance have come to set the captive free, open the eyes of the blind, and set at liberty then are bruised. Those two words, deliverance and liberty, are aphesis. Hallelujah. So the gospel that Jesus preached was the gospel of freedom, the gospel of aphesis, the gospel of deliverance, the gospel of jubilee, to proclaim. I'm preaching deliverance, I'm proclaiming the acceptable year, which is known as the year of jubilee. Hallelujah. So we need to preach jubilee. We need to do what? Preach jubilee. And what is jubilee? Jubilee was the 50th year. And on that 50th year, harvest has come. First of all, every slave is free. Which was a shadow of Jesus Christ coming to free every slave. This is the gospel. Bible says in Romans 6 that we are slaves to sin. Sin is seen as a a kidnapper, taking humanity as a hostage. Jesus Christ came to set us free. For this purpose was the Son of Man manifested to destroy the work of bondage, the works of the evil one. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away, not forgives, taketh away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. So every blessing of of jubilee belongs to you and I. The gospel is the message. He was proclaiming the acceptable year, the year of favor. The year where every sin is removed, every debt is canceled. 
When he said it is finished on the cross, he's saying that every debt, everything humanity owes Satan has been cancelled. Fully paid for. Aphesis is a payment. So we need that foundation. But the gospel is not only, let me just finish Jubilee. Jubilee is freedom. Jubilee is rest. Another meaning of the word aphesis means to unburden. That Greek word aphesis. To remove the burden. The burden of sin. The chain of sin. The burden of fear, depression. The burden. The thing that weigh people down, make you anxious, make you depressed. That burden has been removed. It's not your job to make yourself a success. It's not your job to provide for your needs. It's not your job to make yourself righteous and holy. The finished work of Christ, he came to make you. You can't make yourself. He came to make you all that God has desired you to be. So the gospel is all about that. Not just about heaven and hell. We are meant to take over this earth. The Jehovah Witness were right. The meek shall inherit. And the meek is the believer. We are so heavenly minded. Or we are chasing the money. Are you hearing me? No. God has empowered us to manifest his glory on earth. You are not just here to live, to reveal God and manifest his power and glory and love on earth. To stand in God's shoe. To represent God. Man was made to represent God. Let us make man in our image or make him a representative. To present God again. Represent. Man was designed to be an unveiling of deity. So there are things God wants to reveal to us. And I've had some encounters in heaven. And some of the things I've seen, it took me years to be able to teach and understand. In fact, I didn't want to teach some things. Till two different people, about a few years ago, Sister Lillian, she's here with her husband. And she gave me a word some years ago that God has revealed some things to you. You don't want to teach it. But God says, begin to teach it. Hallelujah. And her sister in the USA, a pastor's wife, also a week or two after she gave me that prophecy, a pastor's wife called and said exactly the same thing, that you need to begin to teach some things. But the problem I heard was, I, didn't, I, I don't like persecution. Hallelujah. Let us just teach the simple things. So I've had some encounters. God revealed some things to me. But thank God for those professors. I decided to begin to teach them, like Aphesis and some other things. And one of the encounters I had in heaven, I was seeing different dimensions. Different layers, different dimensions. I couldn't even understand everything I was seeing. Another time I saw different rooms. Inner sanctuaries, different rooms. And God, the Lord told me that these rooms, angels have never been inside them. And there are secrets that have been hidden from the foundation of the world. And God said, in these last days, there's going to come revelations more than ever before that will prepare the church to do awesome things, unbelievable things, to take their place, to manifest the glory of God. Hallelujah. So there are revelations that are going to come forth, dimensions, understandings that are going to really take us places. So we need to be an, have an open heart to learn. One encounter I had, I loved, many encounters, initially I used to have encounters, I'm 50 feet or 60 feet in the air, I'll see diamonds on the floor, I'll see the people, but later it became times I'll see myself on the ground. And one encounter I enjoyed was that I'd been going to heaven before, but this time I noticed I didn't see any shadow on the ground. I was looking around, seeing the trees, no shadow, nobody's shadow, nothing. Then the Lord told me that 
in him is no darkness at all. And I also now heard, there is no shadow of turning. So when God is the light, and is the light in your life, there is no shadow. In him is no sin. In your spirit is no sin. You are 100% pure righteousness. He used that to teach me on righteousness. Sinless. I gave my children a sinless righteousness. And Lord told me, I've called you to get rid of sin consciousness in the church. Thinking about sin, worrying about sin, instead of living free. Living conscious, you are dead to sin. Living conscious, the old is gone. Every old thing has passed away. Even what you did five minutes ago. Are you hearing me? You gotta forget the past. See yourself in the light of who you really are. Hundred percent righteous. Ephesians 4 says the job of the, of the fivefold ministry is for the perfecting of the saints. Till they come to the unity of faith. Unto what? A perfect who? Who is the perfect man? Or who is the perfect man? I said, who is the perfect man? I said, who is the perfect man? The perfect man. So we come into the stature, into the identity, into the consciousness of the perfect man. He is perfect and came and died so you can be perfect. So the teachings are meant to make you begin to understand perfection. He has forever perfected them. Hebrews chapter 10. Read Hebrews 10, 10 to 14. Forever perfected them. Who he has sanctified. But you see, the, the mind can't grasp unless you meditate upon it. Because you look at all your flaws, your mistakes, and say, I'm not perfect. But the Bible says we should look at the mirror. Don't look at yourself. Look at that mirror. Stop seeing self. Look at that mirror. And you move in the direction of your focus. The more you look, the more you are being transformed. The more you look, the more you become perfect. Because he says you are perfect, you need to believe it. We walk by faith. So God was just teaching me those things in heaven. Then another time, the Lord taught me something I'm going to teach today. And I have not taught this anywhere before. Hallelujah. So you are a blessed congregation. And those watching online, you are blessed. I'm teaching some things. All the offices I've taught those ones. But some things, I feel a release to teach them. We are going to go into new dimensions. First Corinthians 15. Verse Libra Noste Kibra Noste twenty nine. I feel I feel led not to go deep into it, to go into something else. But I'll just mention. Verse thirty nine. Let me start from thirty eight. But God giveth it a body, as it had pleased Him. To every seed, his own body. So each seed has his body. The corn seed has a different body from the apple seed. Verse 39, all flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. And the Lord told me there are different kinds of, there are different qualities of life. There are different levels of zoe. Hallelujah. I had not heard that before. And he, he took me to the next verse. Just like different animals have different kind of life. Are you hearing me? I know we've heard of the four or five different Greek words for life, but God was trying to show me something here. 
It says there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Verse 41, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differeth. Did you see that? They are not the same. They don't have the same glory. One star differeth. No two stars are exactly the same. No two stars have the same splendor. No two stars have the same level of glory. One star differed from another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differed from another star in glory. And we'll talk about the glory of God today. I wish we have time. Hallelujah. Because these are things that I wish we had. There's depth. I'm just trying to give an overview of certain truths. There are depths. There are dimensions. Amen. And there's a kind of glory I'll, hopefully I'll have time to talk about today that is something else. No prophet in the Old Testament. Nobody ever saw this kind of glory. And God was, let me go into life. God was telling me about different kinds of life. I talked on the uncreated last year. We have the uncreated soul life that Adam had. Adam was not a spirit. He was a living soul. When he sinned, he took on the spirit nature. So the first time man became spirit, soul, and body was when Adam sinned. And when you get born again, that old spirit is taken away and a new spirit. And the spirit of God, the life of God is in that spirit. So God was talking to him about the different, let me say, qualities of life. So we have the soul life, which Adam had, and he was uncreated. Then we have the anointed lives. We've seen the lives of the prophets. They walked the life they exhibited. Because they didn't have a recreated spirit, they were, the life they could flow through was the, through the anointing. Hallelujah. So we have the anointed life. Then Jesus Christ came with just the life of a righteous man and the anointed life combined both. Then we have the resurrection life. When Jesus resurrected, he began to do miracles more than he was doing before. So with each life, it's higher. Then we have the ascended life. And Jesus had two ascensions. He first went with his blood. Amen. Or let me say three ascensions. He first went with his blood, came back, because he told Mary, don't touch me, I've not ascended to see your, your father and my, my father and your father, to see God. He came back. Then the, he now went again before Pentecost. They all saw him ascend, and he sat at the right hand of God. That is the highest level of ascension. Are you hearing me? And God wants us to live the ascended life. Jesus on earth, he said in John chapter 3, and this is good. He said in John chapter 3 that no man has ascended to heaven. Not Moses, not, not Isaiah. They may see, have visions of heaven, but they never ascended to heaven. He said no man. Moses saw the pattern, but Jesus Christ said no man has ascended to heaven, but the son of man who lives. Jesus was living in heaven. So that's the level of ascension. But when he resurrected and finally went to the throne of God, that's a higher level of ascension, a higher level of life. Now, the Lord also told me that it's not that no man ascended. Because a prophet, or let me even use David, 
is operating from a higher level than every other person so he could kill Goliath. So they ascended, but he, did, he didn't say no man ascended. He said no man ascended to heaven. Are you hearing me? So Moses had a ascended... When we talk of ascension here, in the Old Testament, we're not talking of ascension of the body. Jesus ascended both body and spirit finally. We are talking of ascension of the mind. God told me that many of his children, their spirits are in heaven on the throne of God, at the right hand of God, but their minds are on earth. That's why this teaching is important. We are living from the earth. Oh God, come down, let your enemies be scattered. When you look at demons, you are looking up. And in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, those who are of the earth are earthy. The unbeliever is already earthy. But those who are of heaven are heavenly. So God wants our mind renewed so that our minds begin to ascend. Just shouting, I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I'm sitting on the throne of God. Doesn't mean that your mind has ascended. It's when a storm comes, we know whether your mind has ascended. Hallelujah. But the point I was just making is that Moses and Elijah, they called down fire from heaven. They did miracles. They healed the sick. So they had an ascended mind, but their minds haven't ascended to heaven yet. So imagine we have the ability because we are seated in heaven. And that's why the message of when we get to heaven, the gospel is not when we get to heaven. The gospel is that you are already in heaven. He has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. The gospel is not when will the kingdom come. The gospel is that the kingdom has come. The preaching of the kingdom is not just about, you know, one day Jesus will come. The preaching of the kingdom that Jesus has already come. He said, pray their father that his kingdom come, which happened on Pentecost, and then his will be done on earth. The kingdom is meant to come to earth to enforce the will of God on earth. Is there sickness on, in heaven? So when the kingdom comes, sickness will go. Is there poverty in heaven? So when you extend the kingdom, poverty should go. Is there fear in heaven? Is there failure in heaven? I love that song, he doesn't fail. But you know, as he is, like pastor said, as he is, so are we. So if he doesn't fail, I don't fail. In the kingdom, there's no failure. Those are truths we need to grasp. That's what the gospel is about. It's about freedom, it's about dominion. Let us make man in an age major and let man have what dominion. Adam fell. Not from heaven, because no man had gone to heaven. He fell. But when Christ came, Christ is the first man to come from heaven. He said, no man has ascended. He was, when he was born, his spirit descended into Mary's womb from heaven. And he was born without all those knowledge. He didn't know who he was. He had to learn everything like you and I. And he went into scripture, and he's going to scripture, his mind is ascending. See, the renewal of the mind is the ascension of the mind. Because Adam fell and man's mind fell, man became blind. That's why the gospel is to open the eyes of the blind. That's the gospel. Freedom, open up the eyes so the man can begin to ascend to where you really belong. To your true place at the right hand of God, having dominion. And anytime you are worrying, your mind is descending. Fearful. Even sin, thinking sinful thoughts. You see, any thought from the devil is sent to cause your mind to descend and try to bring you into bondage. But the word of God is to free your mind and cause your mind to ascend. I used to do yoga as an unbeliever. And we are trying to ascend, but you don't ascend that way. 
Only the word of God and the spirit of God will cause your mind to awaken so you begin to ascend. The more you look at the word, the more you're ascending. The more you look at the word, the more you're ascending. Are you hearing me? So there are different kinds of life. The ascended life. But the ultimate is the glorified life. And eventually our bodies shall be glorified. But you can live with a glorified mind. You can live with the consciousness of the glory. But we have to read ourselves first of all of seeing consciousness. Of works, trying to be. Let me try to be holy. That's what every religion is man trying to be. Christians that God has done it. Jesus did everything. So you start from the end. You are prayed from the end. You are prayed from victory. You pray from victory. Most of our prayers are praying to beg God. Most of our prayers are earthly prayers, not heavenly prayers. Looking for one man of God to pray for you. That's earthly mindedness. At times you can do that. It must not be a lifestyle. Heavenly mindedness is that I'm not sick. In heaven, there's no sickness. I'm in the kingdom. I operate in a jurisdiction too high for the devil. Every prophet sinned one way or the other. Not all their sins were recorded. Joseph wasn't recorded as having sinned. But no man is without sin. But you see, there's an advantage Jesus had. He went into scripture, discovered his identity, his union, and he discovered where he's from. I'm from heaven. And he began to live in heaven. He began to live from heaven. He said, I'm not of this world. At Gethsemane, they came to arrest him. He told, and Peter caught the air of one of the Pharisees' servants. He said, don't do that. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, I will ask the Father, he'll send angels and wipe you all out. He was so heavenly conscious. He was never seen conscious, fear conscious, poverty conscious. So we need to eradicate the lies of the devil, you will never make it. You are so weak. You are so fearful. One of the things Jesus Christ paid for is weakness. It says in Matthew 8, 17, quoting Isaiah 53, himself took our infirmities. The word infirmity is not only sickness. It simply means weakness. Are you hearing me? Sickness produces weakness, but any, God was speaking to me, any kind of weakness, whether psychological, emotional, spiritual, the moment you feel with it, the devil is lying to you. Because on the cross, he didn't only take away sin. If Adam didn't sin, there'll be no weakness. One of the fruit of sin is weakness. I'm just weak. I'm always tired. I don't, I don't have the energy. <laughs> You've got the power of God. Paul had to tell Timothy, you don't have the spirit of fear. Fear makes you weak. Somebody sees the car, he can't even run. He's paralyzed. That's fear. The spirit of fear is a spirit that imposes weakness, drains the strength and vitality of the believer. But when you know himself took, I don't have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of what? What's the opposite of power? Weakness. Impotency. Power is potency. So he's telling Timothy, you are not weak anymore. You may feel weak. You may look weak. You may look bound. You may look defeated, but that's not who the real you is. So Christians not trying to be strong, trying to overcome fear, trying to be. You already are. You start from the finish line. I like to have the slides on the finish line. Hallelujah. We start from the finish line. The starting line and the finish line. Are they ready? We don't start. A lot of Christians are starting from the beginning of the race. 
So they get born again and we're always at the beginning. We're always trying to overcome. Hallelujah. Always trying to take over the hurdles. But what Jesus did was he ran the race for you and I. The only race you have to run is the race of fulfilling your call. He ran the race for your being righteous, being holy, being more than a conqueror, answered prayer. He ran that race. He paid the price. He did all the work. Are you hearing me? So you must get into your mentality that God sees you as a finished product. In the mind of God and in the realm of the spirit, you are perfect, you are finished. We are complete in him. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. We have all those, all the lives I mentioned, we have all of them. Every quality of life. So we don't start from the beginning. Oh God, please help me. No. Oh God, I thank you because you've done it. Oh God, give me strength. Father, I thank you because I'm stronger than ever, ever be. At times you are believing God, it looks like nothing is happening. There was a time I was believing God. It looked like, where will the money come? Nothing is happening. I've been praying for a while and I told myself when I got angry, I said, no, 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 no. I'm not praying the right way. I'm not tackling this right way. So I said, okay, devil, what I'm going to do now is to let you know I have the strongest faith because I have the faith of Jesus. Nobody on earth has more faith than I have. Nobody on earth has more righteousness than I have. Nobody on earth has more authority. I still felt weak for a while. But I began to tell the devil and tell myself, my faith is unstoppable. I've got the faith of God himself. We have in the same spirit of faith. We believe. We believe. Believe what? It is finished. Believe what? I'm perfect. Believe what? I'm complete. Believe what? There's no weakness in me. Some years ago, God told me there's no sin in you. And I was arguing with God. I said, Lord, I see all my faults. God said, I don't see it. He told me there's no sin in you. Did Jesus fail in taking away sin? If you believe the lie, you will live the lie. He said, if you continue my word, you will know the truth. And the truth, not you, not your effort. You will know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Which means we're not saying you're not bound. But the truth says you are not bound. Hello? We're not saying there's no struggle. We're not saying there's no problem. So there's the physical reality. Problems, faults, weaknesses, struggles. I don't even know if I'm a Christian. But the truth says he sets you free. And if the Son of Man shall set you free, you are free indeed. You are free in reality. So you may not feel free. You may not look free. You may not have experienced freedom. But he said, if you continue, the word there is menos in the Greek. If you abide, you live in heaven. You live in the victory. You live in the truth of the word. Then you will know, genosco, experiential knowledge. You will begin to experience that as an experience in your mind and heart. And that truth will set you free. So you must be free in your mind first. You must put God's word at first place. I am righteous. We confess righteousness. We start getting into our heart. I'm righteous on God in Christ. I'm righteous on God in Christ. What does it mean? Meditate. What does it mean? Who am I because I'm his righteousness? When Bible says God is righteous, it means he cannot do no wrong. In the Hebrew. When he says God is righteous, it means that he doesn't have the ability to do wrong. 
then that ability, actually, when man sinned, man didn't have the ability to do right to God's standard. Yeah, I didn't love good works, but filthy rags. No man had the ability to do right, to think right. He may be the greatest philanthropist. He may be helping the poor. He may even be the biggest giver in church. Amen. But they are filthy rags. But when he becomes a believer, God takes away that old man. The old man. And puts in a new man. In fact, if you read 2 Corinthians 5, the verses before, he says he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That we should tell people that they should be reconciled. Now that word reconciliation is a mistranslation. It's so unfortunate that there's a little bit of mistranslations. And when there's a mistranslation, the meaning of the, sometimes it's something different than being communicated. For example, the word gay used to mean a happy person. But if you, you say that person is gay and I'm saying he's a happy person, <laughs> you'll be thinking different. Are you hearing me? So when a word don't just think, it doesn't matter why this pastor is talking about Ephesus. He's telling us about the gospel. He's telling us about life. He's telling us about the truth. Uh, he's telling us that there's a mistranslation. Does it make a difference? If the meaning has changed, what is being communicated has changed. And sometimes the power is lost in, tra- in, in, in translation. So the word reconciled, if you check the Greek, that word means Exchange. It means an exchange has taken place. Are you hearing me? Then he now mentions the exchange. It became sin. That we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we're meant to print reconciliation. God exchanged you, your sin and man nature, with Christ's righteous man. So everything bad about you and all the punishment for the bad was put on him. And everything good about him and all the reward was put on you. So in the mind of God, according to justice... You have been the holiest person, the most righteous person, the best person, and you deserve all the rewards of Jesus' obedience. Are you hearing me? And that's why it's grace. That's why he paid for you to enjoy. He put in, God puts all Jesus' goodness into your bank account. And everything is meant to reward. So your reward is the reward of Christ. So, oh, I don't qualify... I'm not just good enough. He qualified you. He made you meet to take the inheritance. you, You have a right to pray like Jesus is praying. You have a right to get answers as if it's Jesus speaking to the storm. So when he spoke to a fig tree and they're wondering, he said, ah, they don't know who they are. Whosoever. Because he knew he was going to die on the cross. Can command mountains. Can do bigger things. Are you hearing me? So we are too sin conscious. We, 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 are, we present ourselves to the problem. And when you present yourself, you meet problems too big for you. You present yourself to circumstances. No, present Christ. Stand like it is Christ facing the situation. It is Christ speaking to you. It's Christ laying hands. It's Christ speaking. I'm speaking now. It's Christ speaking to you. Preaching the true gospel to you. That you are, an exchange took place. You are no more who you were. And you now have a new life called eternal life. And eternal life has dimensions I was mentioning about. The resurrection life. Which is going to be preached before Christ comes. But Paul says he has to consider all his personal achievements as done. I'm the best usher, the best deacon. My prince, 
we are born again. I've never gone to a party in my life. I've never drank. I've never done this. All those things that you think are good, Paul says they cast them down. That I may be found in him not having my own righteousness. It is not your works God is looking for. It is your resting on his works to produce good works. That's why it's not works, it's not fruit of the flesh. Because the good tree cannot. Good tree cannot. So it's works of the flesh. It's not from your spirit, it's from your flesh. Your renewed mind, but it's fruit of the spirit. And if the spirit will dominate, the flesh must succumb. If you walk in the consciousness of your spirit man, of your salvation, the gospel is the measure of salvation. You need to wear that helmet. All these things I'm saying that salvation has, when you know them, they protect your mind. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm free from sin. Bible says he preached peace. Jesus was going about preaching peace. I have the peace of God. My life has been exchanged. I'm not that person that lies. I'm not that person that steals. I'm not that person that's depressed. Depression is not... So when depression comes, say, that's not me. Are you hearing me? Say, devil, I don't have a spirit of fear. Your legs may be shaking like this. The heart is busy. Say, I still don't have fear. I don't move by what I feel. I don't move by what I feel. It says, Elijah was a man of like passions, but he prayed earnestly. What does it mean? I was meeting upon that. He's a man that has the same passions. It means every weakness you have, he had it. It means he felt the same way you feel when you pray. And God showed me a vision. I saw Elijah, he spoke to the rain. Before he spoke to the rain, a voice was telling him that nothing will happen. You're wasting your time. After I spoke to the rain, some hours after, I saw clouds. And he was feeling, the devil was trying to put these feelings in him that nothing will happen. It's going to rain today. But he stood his ground. I know I'm feeling, but I, if God says, I can speak, I can speak. So he fought that battle. He was a man of like passions. He is telling them that these prophets were not people that never felt fear. Or felt discouraged. In fact, Elijah, after this victory, calling down fire from heaven, when a woman, a queen, just came and said, I will kill you. Now, those feelings he had, this time, he, he, instead of going back to God's word, like he did against the rain, and he did to call down fire, he succumbed to them. And began to complain. I'm the only prophet left. I'm going to die. God even killed me. Began to complain like you and I can complain. He began to complain like any depressed believer can complain. With all the prophetic anointing, with all the exploits, with all the great things that happened, he was just whimpering and crying to show you that the fact that you feel down does not mean you can't stop praying. Because you're not what you feel. The fact that you've been worrying doesn't mean that you cannot stand strong. You see, it's a choice. Those feelings are there. Those thoughts are there, but you stand your ground. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm bigger than my feelings. I can have what I say. You must not do what you feel. You may feel like drinking or feel like doing something bad. You are bigger than your feelings. Elijah was a man of like passions and he said, do you know what it means to say it's not going to rain? Hello? I said, do you know what it means to say it's not going to rain? Your mind itself will tell you. It's not true. Who do you think you are? What gives you the guts? So Elijah's mind told him that. But he stood by the word. So when your mind, your emotions, your feelings tell you that you are weak, you say, no, I'm perfect in Christ. I'm not what I feel. I'm not what I feel. I'm not what I feel. Hallelujah. So you may not feel righteous, but you are. 
You may not feel strong, but he took our infirmities. So we need to meditate upon this thing that they come into our heart. That's faith. Faith is choosing the gospel in spite of what you feel. Choosing the truth, staying on the truth, meditating on the truth, speaking the truth in spite of what you feel. They all say they are 90 years old, Sarah. You're not even, you don't need the devil, your body, your experience. Sarah, you are 90 years old, forget it. Abraham, you are 99, forget it. Are you hearing me? Then God says you're going to have a child. Or God gives you a prophecy and you say, God, if you know me, this prophecy is not possible. Are you hearing me? I know me more than God knows me. No, God knows you and what he put in you more than you know you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So if God says and give me any call or any vision, I don't care if you've messed it up like Abraham and Sarah, it's not too late. Our brother will not have died if you came. Are you hearing me? And what, then Jesus Christ said he will live. Mary said in the future. The gospel of the future is not from God. Bible says now is the time for salvation. Now. Healing is now. Deliverance is now. The, the devil will tell you that God can do it, but it's going to take time. You are not yet mature enough. You are not yet strong enough. Your faith is still weak. And he keeps on putting your prophecy to the future. So you are like master in future. But Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me now, every day. Goliath, this day I will take your head. Not ten years time. Not six months. Let's believe God for miracles now. Let's believe God for victory of addiction now. And it may not happen today or tomorrow. It may take a week or two weeks, but you stand your ground. I've got it. I've got it. Wow. I've not talked on the glory. Because God showed me something about the glory. I'll try to rush it because it's the, it, the end of everything is the glorified life. The summation. And that glory, I had not seen in your head. Paul said, hidden. Christ, you the hope of what? Glory. The earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The unveiling of the what? Glory. So what is this glory? I was asking God. I ask questions. And sometimes even when I don't ask, God shows me. Because we, uh, Moses saw the glory of God. They had glory manifestation, Shekinah glory. Christ, when he turned water to wine, they beheld his glory. But Christ said something that caused me to understand. When God says that I had nothing on your head, he's talking about the glory. Are you hearing me? Very quickly, because of time, I like to keep the time so that Pastor Kingsley can invite me again. <laughs> Hallelujah. John 17, 5. And some things, it's only the Holy Ghost can show you. That's why I don't want to teach them. They say, what is he teaching? Where did he see it? But God began to tell me, must teach it whether people will believe you or not. So I got to teach it. John 17, verse 5. And now, Father, glorify thou me with thy own self. So the glorification is with God's self. God told Abraham, I am your reward. When you receive God, you receive something beyond. That's what they call eternal life. I wish we had time because eternal life is a life above time and space. It talks of eternity. The eternal now. A realm beyond angels. Angels don't operate in that realm. It's a realm of glory higher than angels can dream about it. Hallelujah. And now, Father, glorify thou me with thy own self. So the glory is from God's self. But I thought he had God in him. Remember, he emptied himself. 
So he had the attributes, the nature of righteousness, holiness, and all that. But the glory, he emptied himself of the glory. So that's why he has to pray this prayer. So he had the attributes, but the glory and power of a higher dimension than what operated on earth was what he didn't have. Now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So there's something he had before the world was created. And when he came to earth, he left that thing. Then later, I think verse 22, he said, give them my glory. Christ asked God to give the church the glory he had before the foundation of the world. That is the glorified life. No angel has it. Read First Peter 1. That the, the prophet sought and were sought to know it because of time. I'm not going there. And they, they talked of the passion of Christ and the glory that shall follow. Moses, all these people didn't even walk in their ascended life, the heavenly life. Not to talk of this glorified life. So asking God that, is there evidence of the glory? This thing you are trying to teach me in the Bible? Is there any other scripture? Are there any other verses? And God said, I will show you. Hallelujah. So one he showed me was Christ, the, 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 the mystery hidden from the foundation of the world. So it's it, Christ, you know, the hope of this glory, not just the glory of raising the dead. That's why I had not seen it. There are realms of glory that the earth is waiting for. And God explained all these things to me. I'm just going to rush. I can't really go into it deep. But quickly turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Are we being blessed? Verse 4. Let's start verse 3. But if our gospel be hid. So you see, something is being hid. If our gospel, our message, our good news be hid. So the devil doesn't want it to be seen. Something is being hid. That needs to be revealed. It's hid. But if our gospel be hid. It is hid to them that are lost. So the believer is not, must not be hid from you. That's why God has sent us to teach you. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the... What kind of gospel? So the gospel is about glory. That's the final thing. So I've, all I've been teaching are mysteries of the, glo- of the gospel. The glory. The light of the glorious of the gospel that is full of glory. Who is the image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves but Christ. So we present Christ, we preach Christ, we live Christ. And ourselves servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Had done what? Had done what? What did he shine in our hearts? To give the light of the knowledge of the? The light of the knowledge of the? The light of the knowledge of the? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So, the earth shall be covered with the knowledge of the glory. Not just this miracle sign. The hidden glory. The glory before the foundation of the world. The glory that is beyond. Let's go on. Hallelujah. In the face of Jesus Christ. But... We have this treasure. It's a treasure. Precious, vital. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. So you still feel weak. You feel, feel like Elijah. You still feel broke at times. You still feel poor. You still feel tired. You still feel I can't do it. But there's a treasure in you. You are not what you feel. 
You are not how you look. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The word excellency here is from the Greek word hupabole or hupabalo. It means to throw beyond. It means to go beyond anything God has done. The beyond measure power. So there is the power of God. God bore with great power. So there is power, there is great power. God bore witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But here, he's not talking of great power. He said beyond measure power. He's calling this glory the beyond measure power. So I said, God, give me examples of this glory. Explain it to me. Break it down. What are we, okay, we've had glory, glory, glory. God said, what did I do that was awesome more than anything I've done since, since Adam and Eve? God created heaven and earth. Do you think, and God told me, all the miracles you see in the Old Testament, if you combine them, they are not up to the creation of galaxies. Because the earth, just in our solar system, a picture of the earth from the ring of Saturn, the earth is like a speck. If you go to the edge of a galaxy, you can't see the earth, it's molecular, it's like an atom. If you go further, it's like subatomic particle. The earth is so small, so that all the miracles you see, oh, Elijah called down rain from heaven. What is rain when you talk of God creating galaxies? The sun is one of the smallest suns. What is creating only one earth, moving one earth, stopping sun and moon, when you talk of galaxies, and the galaxies are moving at the speed of light from the center, the power behind creation is still moving and propelling after thousands and thousands of years. That power is propelling huge planets and galaxies from the center of the earth. Only the glory of God can do that. God told me, the power of creation, we just say, oh, I know we say that the greatest power is the reason of the dead, of Christ's resurrection. But God also told me, yes, it's greater than creation. But don't joke with creation. Because he created, and also, let me say something. Devil can't create a stone. No human being can create a stone from nothing. So the power to create a stone, God told me that the power he used and Christ used to create the universe is the glory before the foundation of the earth. But since that time, God never released it till the resurrection of Christ. For Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 4, Christ was raised by, Christ was raised by, Christ was raised by, since creation, the first time that God unleashed the power or the glory before the foundation of the world was in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To set him up high and put him on the throne. And he says, this glory that could do that belongs to you. He says, this glory that could do that is on your inside. Is the treasure which removes all limitations and makes everything possible. For he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or imagine. By the power or the glory or the treasure that is in you. And he said, my church needs to awaken to the glory. So when Bible says in 2 Corinthians 18, as we behold as in a mirror the glory of God, he, we are not beholding Moses. We are not beholding Elijah. We are not beholding Jeremiah. We are not even beholding Jesus in his earth walk. We are beholding the ascended Jesus. And as we meditate upon this thing, there will come an unveiling. You will begin to see things you have not seen before. Hallelujah. And I have to stop here. Because I'm still going to teach the how.
I've just laid a foundation. I didn't have too much time. I've been able to download so many truths in a short time. But we're still going to go into other things in my second and third session. So that it's not just knowing it in the head. You can be excited and jump and it's not working in your life. It must work. It will work in our lives. So today is just to lay a foundation or a pattern. Subsequently, we are going to go into more details and more of the how of this unprecedented glory. So the end product of the gospel is manifested sons of God unveiling the glory of God. Ascended sons of God who will begin to unveil. Who with an ascended mind. Who are righteousness conscious. Who don't walk like mere men. You are not ordinary. There is a treasure in you. Let's talk to God right now. Hallelujah. Bible says, we that have this hope purify ourselves. I want us to take a song. I just like to can you take this song? You deserve the glory. And the, let's worship him. He's done so much for us. Lord, release our hands in worship. Let's worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's worship him. Yeah, you are. 
just sense a very strong healing anointing. The power of God is here. God is already breaking yokes. Chains, chains, chains are falling. Chains are falling. The power is here. Chains are falling. Oh, <laughs> burdens have been lifted. He says, I unburden you. Burdens have been lifted. Somebody has been having an ear infection. I want that person to come out. Another person, ear pains. Just come out very quickly. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Come out very quickly. I hear also hear the word asthma. Asthma. You have a problem with asthma. You're here. Just come out. The healing power of God is here. I sense that tumors will die today. Tumors will die today. I also hear the word glaucoma. You've been diagnosed with glaucoma. Come out very quickly. Hallelujah. I hear a blood disease. I don't know what it is exactly. But God is going to heal somebody's blood. You have a problem. I hear anemia. Low blood count. Yes, that's it. Low, your iron or your blood count is low. Come out right now. Low blood count. Hallelujah. (laughs) Resata kapaya or any other blood disease. Oh, I hear a spinal. You have an injury in your spine. Not just back pain. Doctors told you have an injury in your spine. You can come out right now. Hallelujah. Masataka prepele neseteya. Rasotele menendandele dedea. Japa papapa. La prepele neseteya. Kala nasataya. Oh, Father, we worship you, Lord Jesus. I hear the word arthritis. Your joints need healing. Your joints need healing. Stiff joints. Pain in the joints. Hallelujah. Ha 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 ha. The glory of God is here. The glory of God is here. Somebody here, you are a lady. The devil has been attacking your mind. Your mind is really, really under serious attack. Depression. You have suicidal thoughts. Life is not worth it. Suicidal thoughts. Come out and join them. And there's somebody else, you, you see things. You are not sure. I, I don't, you see things that are not good. You see things. It's like schizophrenia. The power of God will set you free today. Come out. Hallelujah. Hey, hey. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. I hear I hear lung infection, not just asthma. Chest, it gives you chest pains from this lung problem. Chest pains, I see you at times coughing. Come out and join them. Hallelujah. Oh, the healing power of God is here. The healing power. I saw somebody dancing. Because you got your healing today. I saw somebody dancing. Somebody needs to laugh and dance. Ha 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 ha. Hey, Somebody here for you've not had a child for over 10 years. Come out and join them. Ha 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 ha. Rastataka prepele menesetea. Glaucoma. Somebody else has a problem with your retina. I don't know what it is exactly. You can be healed by the anointing. You can also be healed by faith. I hear the word cancer. Breast cancer. Come out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hey, the power of God is here. 
The power of God is here. The glory, the power. Your pastor was talking about it. Creative power. Creative miracles. Creative miracles. Somebody has a fracture. I don't know what part of your body, but I think it's your leg. Fracture, a fracture somewhere in your body, a fractured bone. Come out, come out. Hallelujah. Miracles are taking place. The glory is in the house. I remember some years ago, I prayed for, I was called by a pastor to pray for a blind man. So I'm teaching you the word way before we do the anointing so that you can maintain your healing. I was called by a pastor and there was this blind guy and he's been to many crusades. Nobody, he's not been healed. They prayed for him so many times. He's not been healed. So when I got there, I was led. I just, and I remembered Kenneth Hagin shared with a lady who had never walked, showed her First Peter 2.24. And told her, you healed. And she lifted her hands and began to praise God. Began to say she was healed. This lady hadn't walked for years. And she just stood up and began to walk. Just by the word. Hallelujah. I'll give another testimony again before we pray for people or minister to people. I was in the crusade in my youth service. We prayed for three blind people. Other people were healed of various other things. And two of them came back the next day. And said they lost their healing. So I told the coppers we're not praying for them because they received their healing and God doesn't take it away. I said, just lift up your hands and begin to thank God. I told him, lift up your hands and begin to thank God that you are healed yesterday and I'm still healed. The first one, after doing that for five minutes, I said, count my fingers. He could see again. The second one, the same thing. So in that pastor's office, I, I told the guy that we're not going to pray for you. I said, close your eyes. He's blind, but I'm still telling a blind man to close his eyes. Close your eyes and begin, and I begin to share the word with him. Himself took your infirmities. You are healed. After sharing the word with him for five minutes, by stripes you are healed. I said, begin to see. I said, don't open your eyes, but see. So I told him, see yourself seen because Jesus took the blindness away. See yourself seen and begin to thank God like it's done. And we did that for five minutes. Then I said, now open your eyes. And he said, I can see. The pastor said, no, it's not possible. This man they've been praying for. He said, but I can see, pastor. The pastor said, it's not possible. He said, no, look, pastor, your shirt is green. The wall is blue. He called my shirt, called the pastor's shirt, called everybody's shirt. The word, like your pastor said, has the power. And the anointing is here. The woman who showed blood said to herself, when I touch his garment, I shall be healed. You can say the moment I'm prayed for or whatever the man of God has to do, I am healed. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Sickness is too small for the power of God. Sickness is too small for the glory in you. The power to raise the dead is in you. That condition is a lying symptom. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. All those people here, lift up your hands and say, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, I receive my healing right now. Himself took every infirmity. Every sickness is gone. Sickness, you have no place in me. For I reign as a king in life. No sickness has a place in me. No sickness has a place in me. No sickness has a place in me. I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Now begin to thank God for your healing. Begin to thank God for your healing. What will you do? If the doctors tell you that high blood pressure is gone, that kidney problem is gone, that cancer is done, what will you do? If the doctors tell you that every 
trace of the cancer of the tumor is gone what will you do if how will you feel if you know you're not going to have the pain again what will you do what will you do what will you do what will you do <laughs> church let us laugh at the devil i might not have called you out but you have a long standing disease or if you have a condition doctor says it's incurable run out right now run out right now the doctors diagnose you they say it has no cure join these people because there's a river i feel a river of healing i feel a river of healing i feel a river of healing somebody's knees have been healed somebody's knees you didn't come out before you can join them your knees have been healed somebody's back somebody's shoulder oh somebody's eyes are clearer Take off your glasses and begin to do what you couldn't do before. You couldn't read well before, begin to read. You couldn't walk well before, begin to walk. And those watching me, it's time to take your healing. I declare you are healed. I command every cancer to die. Every tumor to die. Somebody's heart is being healed. You have a heart condition. You have irregular heartbeats. And you are here or you are online. Take a deep breath where you are. Begin to run and jump. Your heart is healed. Somebody has piled. That pile has gone. Your heart is healed. Your The pile is gone. The skin, somebody's skin is being healed. Skin diseases are being healed. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Ha 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 ha. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Rejoice! Ha 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 I'm healed! I'm healed! I'm healed! I'm healed! Ha 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 Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Move that shoulder! Somebody had shoulder pain, move that shoulder! Bend that back! You had lung problem, take a deep breath and shout hallelujah! Your knees were bad! Hallelujah! Glory be to God! Tumors are dying! I command tumors to die! You have a tumor in your body, it's dead! Fibroids are dying right now in the name of Jesus! Amen! Hallelujah! God has healed so many people. I don't have time for too many testimonies. I'll just take about three testimonies. You have a call. I'll take about three testimonies very quickly. Anybody who has a condition who is over 10 years and you can't feel the pain or condition, let me see your hand. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay, those who can't feel the pain, or it's something you can not feel anymore. You used to feel the back pain, the chest pain, the tumor, whatever. Let me see your hand very quickly. I know God has healed people very quickly because of time. What happened to you? I'm unstable because I can breathe well. Before I'm always having sharp pain, I'm asthmatic. But I can breathe right now. How long have you had did you have the asthma? How long? Since secondary school. That should be many years ago. Hallelujah. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Somebody had an ear problem, I know it's gone. What was wrong with you quickly? Yeah, I knew the person with ear pain was already healed. What's wrong with you? What was wrong with your ears? Used to pain you. Was it paining you before you came to the service? Yes, 
like it's not paining me again. So today I was just feeling unnecessary pains in my ear, and I really thank God I can't feel it now. One more, very quickly, because the man of God is here. One more. I know God has, even if you not, God has healed you. What am I talking about? There's nothing if you're not you are healed. You send the testimony later. Bible says that some Wednesday were healed. Just one more, very quickly. Then we'll, I'll, I'll get out of here. Okay, quickly, hallelujah. I just want to thank God. I know it's months now. I can't jump. If I jump, it'll just be shaking. Like from the inside, they'll just be hearing the bones making noise. But right now, I can't jump. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Woo! Come you on, can let's go give to your seat, you are healed. 